Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week we are sitting down with Megan Burns. Megan is a longtime friend. At one point we were actually roommates together in New Jersey. She's an incredibly successful coach. She works for CrossFit HQ seminar staff. She is a in a leading role at the Phoenix, which is a nonprofit organization that's associated with fitness. She'll talk all about that today in the episode. She has her CrossFit level three as well as nearly a decade of experience, if not more, in this fitness field. So I really hope you guys enjoy listening to her journey, and there's going to be plenty of insights for you to take away and to apply to your own journey and your own craft and really ensuring that you continue to get better each and every day. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 36, and we are here with none other than Megan Burns. Megan is a good friend, and at one time we were actually roommates, uh, incredibly successful coach and all-around amazing human being. And so, Meg, I'm going to let you take it away and tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Thanks, D. Um, I was going to ask, do people still refer to you as D-Ball, or should I be calling you Derek? Uh that's a good question. I don't really Do have people any know that right nickname. Now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to call you D ball. I'm like, is that professional? Uh, that's I think, what I've no, always you can still you. do that. I think uh, most okay. people end up calling me D now, but D ball works. D. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I am a seminar staff trainer for CrossFit headquarters. Um, and I also work for a nonprofit organization called the Phoenix. Uh, what the Phoenix does is, uh, provide free fitness, yoga, rock climbing, any sort of programming for anybody in recovery from substance use disorder. It's all free um, as long as somebody has 48 hours of continuous sobriety. So being able to kind of put together um, my passion for helping people and fitness and CrossFit and being able to do that with the nonprofit um, has been awesome. So I'm out here and um, I live in Oakland right now, but came out here in February to start the efforts up with that job in um, San Francisco. So, and it puts me closer to CrossFit HQ, which is nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And so yeah. you, you mentioned uh, training for CrossFit seminar staff. You do level one and two, correct? Correct. And you're level three trainer, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm forgetting all of these things. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to guide you. Uh, and then, yeah. And then are you still, or you were at one point a Lululemon ambassador, right? Still, yep. Still love it. Yeah, for the next year and a half, I think. And then they're booting you. Then you're out of there. I guess that's what happens, or maybe they'll decide <laughs> to keep me. I'll I don't just transfer to a store in San Francisco. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. I've been looking forward to chatting with you and catching up, and you know, seeing what life is like out there in the West Coast and the newly engaged life, right? Yeah, congratulations. Really engaged, thanks. Now, how's engagement now that uh, you're just trapped inside and can't really go anywhere and do anything? Uh, yeah, that's been interesting. I think in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, I want to like go out and celebrate or do anything. And there's really not much. Well, I don't know how it is where you are, but in the Bay Area, it's like completely shut down here. We we actually just got the notice that like you can do stuff outdoor. But if you go somewhere to eat, you have to put your mask on in between bites. So you have to take a bite then or take your mask off, take a bite, take your mask off, take a bite, what? whatever. 
so that's like the new thing. But so basically Kyler and I, like when, uh, the, the weekend after we got engaged, like we'll be walking around the neighborhood and literally anybody who wants to talk to us, we'll just talk to them. Basically we're desperate for friends at this point. So we're like, we'll be friends with anybody. Uh, but hopefully it'll, you know, at some point we'll be able to like go back home. I mean, his parents are out here, so we were able to kind of celebrate with them, but, um, go back home and see my family in North Carolina. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you guys have it a little worse off than I think we do right now, but our governor is a psychopath, so we'll probably just be in the same boat as you guys in a matter of days. Uh, but I was actually just talking to to John like two days ago, and he said that, that California came out with like another mandate and shut all the gyms back down and grouped you guys with like yeah. indoor activities now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's and it's kind of different for Northern and Southern, but uh, they just kind of keep going back and forth with it. But I guess like a, I, I see a newsletter for a couple of the gyms and they said that um, they basically said like, you have to wear a mask. You can't do any cardio. You can't do anything where you breathe heavy and you can't use exercise equipment. Um, so they were like, well, there's really no point in us even opening up. Cause I'm not really sure what we're going to do, but I'll see some people like they'll be doing outdoor classes and stuff. So I think it kind of depends on the gym, but I went down south for a couple seminars and it's like a couple the places there like it doesn't even exist to them and so it's very like different in different area wherever you go so it's interesting yeah it's crazy we talked to our friends back in florida and even before everything shut down it all shut down up here in the north and then they were still going strong going strong down in florida like it didn't even phase them they were only closed for Uh, maybe a month and then they opened back up and now everyone's shitting on Florida because it's a disaster. Now they're in the red. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just, it's nuts. I can't get over it. Well, it's funny you mentioned like the no cardio, no breathing heavy, all that shit. Did I tell you that I took a a new position with Orange Theory? Oh, no, you didn't tell me that. Oh, I, I didn't update you on my life. But yeah, so right before, basically right when our gym here, the gym we go to started doing outdoor classes, I got this offer to go to orange theory. And I, after debating everything and talking with Ash, I was like, all right, this is the path I'm going to go. And maybe I'll learn something new about sales and Mm -hmm. marketing and creating an infrastructure. And then, you know, everything shut down again and they weren't allowed to open. So now we just meet a couple times a week, but they're going through all the COVID protocols with us. And it's like, you can't have the fans on. You got to put your mask on when you're walking. You got to get your temperature taken when you leave. And when you arrive, it's just like this craziness. Well, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, so it's hopefully gonna... you'll be able to get back into it once. Yeah, Ashley makes fun of me. Normal. Ashley makes fun of me because I like have to practice my spiel because you have to hit like these key points, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I've been doing a lot of because we, you know, we're doing virtual programming and we're trying to expand that long term. Um, so I've been like taking a lot of the Peloton classes actually, and like doing some research and development with that platform and it's yeah. very interesting i'm learning a lot but you can kind of tell just from public speaking like you can definitely tell if, like some of them have rehearsed and some of them haven't and what that sounds like if you haven't rehearsed it so uh it's interesting watching some of those classes but they do some good stuff in there i've been learning a lot of awesome things and different exercises so it's cool to kind of branch out a little bit yeah for sure i mean there's no probably no better brand to look into for virtual fitness than those guys uh but yep. All right, well, keeping us on track here, we're going to go through, we're going to do these rapid fire questions. I want you to give okay, me the fastest answer that you can. Don't think okay, about I, it too hard. If I okay, hate I'm your ready. answer and I want to judge you, we'll stop for a second, but we'll see okay. how it goes. All right, first one, favorite movement or exercise? 
Power claim. Okay, I like that one. Favorite food? Cheese. Okay, we're going to move on. Favorite movie? Uh, the Holiday. I don't know what that is. Oh, watch it. Ash would love it. It's is that a, like a romantic comedy Christmas yeah, movie? Yeah, rom-com, definitely. Oh, God. Okay, moving on from there. Favorite TV show? Um, Food Network? I don't have a favorite. That's a Chopped. channel. Chopped. I oh, love Food God. Network. Oh, God. Chopped. Or like Vanderpump Rules from Bravo. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. You're definitely going to judge. Don't watch it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what superhero would you be? I don't I don't know any superheroes. Meg, come on. Super Superwoman? Wonder One, Woman? Wonder Woman. There you go. Okay, we'll, well, we'll give you that Woman. one. Wonder okay. Woman. Would you rather wear sweatpants every day for the rest of your life or never be able to wear sweatpants again? Never be able to wear sweatpants again. And is that because you wear shorts or because you'd rather wear jeans and like normal human clothes? No, I'm like a, I'm a shorts and long sleeve person, shorts and sweatshirt person. Got it. Got it. Cause everyone cops out with that one. And they tell me, well, I don't wear sweats. I just always wear shorts and I don't, that's not the answer. That's not what I want. I just would rather have shorts, like less clothes on the bottom, more clothes on the top. I get more cold on the top. There you go. Would you rather have all your shirts be two sizes too big or one size too small? Two sizes too big. Would you rather wear wrestle a bear or an alligator, and why? Uh, a bear, I guess. I feel like an alligator would t- be too fast for me. <laughs> well, and alligator—that's like now water's in play. If you're not good, if you're not comfortable in the water, you're you're gonna be scared. You're That's gonna drown. That's an interesting question. Well, every a, a bear could probably eat my head, though. That's. I don't know. That's an intense question. So I asked that question to Spencer. Yeah. And he goes, dude, have you not seen the Revenant? I would definitely go for the alligator. Oh my God. (laughs) I forgot about that movie. He had a good point. I mean, that, that made me second guess my answer. All right. Would you rather drink coffee or never be able to drink coffee again? Rather drink only coffee or never. I was actually thinking about this one. Um, I love like the act of drinking coffee, uh, but I guess like I wouldn't want to drink it all the time. I guess I would give it up because I could probably replace like tea and still get like the vibe of drinking coffee. So I just, just like drinking like something ritual. from a mug. Yeah, the ritual. Yes, yes. I don't like need coffee to. Do stay you actually alive. like coffee though? Or I actually do, you just do like coffee. No, no, no. I don't, I don't care about the caffeine. I just, I like the taste of coffee and I like the ritual. I have my whole routine. It takes me like 20 minutes in the morning. You and Ashley both. She With has my Chemex and my kettle. Oh God. You're like a coffee And I snob. listen to jazz music when I'm doing it. To like, I'm like in a coffee shop. Who are you? We, if we met nowadays, it's I don't know if ritual. we'd be friends. <laughs> this happened changed. over the quarantine. It's like, you gotta keep it fresh some way. <laughs> All right. Would you rather change one thing in your past or have a real get out of jail free card? Um, change one thing in my past. Okay. Interesting. Would you rather remember every conversation you have or everything that you read? Oh, everything I read. Same. That would be legit. I know people that can do that. That's awesome. They're just so much smarter than us. 
they're so much smarter than us. <laughs> Would you rather only be able to listen to the same song every day of your life or only be able to watch the same movie every day of your life? Same song. I actually do that regularly anyways. What's that song? I'll just like pick one and it'll be like the same song for like when I was coaching, people would be like, we get it. You like this song. Like, let's move on to another. You have to repeat it again. I'm like, it's a great song. There you go. I like that. That was like, uh, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this back when we were both at Reebok, that fucking, uh, that Jay-Z song came out. I can't even remember ball. The one that says like ball so hard. Yep. That's all they played. There's a couple that I remember, but also the Justin Timberlake song. Oh, uh, yes. remember that song that austin loved i can't remember which one that was did austin love it or are you talking about mirrors is that the name of the song no 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 the uh no you weren't there when this came out it was just one of the recent like really happy justin timberlake songs and he would just play it all the time <laughs> i can't remember is what it, it the was one that's but from yeah. that, uh, that movie can't stop the feeling yes. i think yes. yeah yeah that's ask funny. austin about that <laughs> If I can ever get him on here, I will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that we got uh, all that out, I broke the ice a little bit. Let's get into what I want to talk about with you today. And that's kind of forging your own path and your journey through the fitness field. So let's start at the beginning. So take us back um, prior to coaching and getting into this as your profession. Did you have an athletic background? Did you go to school mm-hmm. for kinesiology, exercise science? You know, how to, how did you get to where this all started? Yeah. So I, um, started CrossFit when I was in high school. So before that, before I got into CrossFit, no athletic background actually was like big into music. So played the flute for many years, like actually was pretty good. Like won several competitions, countywide, statewide, uh, sang and choir, like advanced, whatever, all through high school. Um, and, and then played the guitar, right? played the guitar, not very well but oh please yeah, i remember you a little bit. riffing on t swift in the apartment back in the day a little bit yeah back <laughs> in the day i forgot about that yeah so uh and then um i worked at i always had a job like since i was 14 15 whatever the age was so worked at a lot of different restaurants um and then actually got offered to work a job at the front desk of a crossfit gym my cousin was a personal trainer there so it was right down the street from my house um, CrossFit NC. So that was like one of the original ones, no longer, um, an affiliate anymore, but, uh, one of the first CrossFit gyms in the North Carolina area. So started working at the front desk, um, still had no interest in like any sort of working out. Um, I remember I used to like wear my cute clothes, like girly clothes. And they were like, you cannot like keep wearing that here. You need to wear like an athletic, shirt that says CrossFit NC on it. You need to wear the uniform. Like you need to wear athletic shorts so you can go around the gym and help clean. And I was like in my jeans and like fancy shirt or whatever. (laughs) Um, so I met, um, my older roommate or my uh, past roommate, Heather farmer, who was a trainer there as well. We really hit it off, uh, was super inspired by her, really inspired by my cousin. Um, and just saw them, working out and being strong and wanted to essentially be like them. So I got into CrossFit, started working out. Um, and what year was this? Like how old were you? Uh, 17 or 18. Okay. This is before I graduated high school. So, um, I was 18 in 2009. So maybe like 2007, 2006. So, um, yeah, so 
got inspired by them, started working out, really had like no coaching. I don't remember ever getting coached at all. So I, I don't remember what that was like or how I even like got through anything. I just remember a very specific ab workout that was called ab mania. I'm pretty sure I had rhabdo. It was like <laughs> a certain number of reps of ab mats, knees to elbow and L sit. And I was like brand new anyways, not, not a good day, but I'll always remember that workout. <laughs> um, so then from there, I think that's when I started working out at some point I started working at Lululemon too, and still kind of like getting into the idea of wanting to coach and, uh, like, is this a possibility for me? I was really starting to get more passionate about CrossFit. I loved it. I wasn't like great at it, but I just like loved it. And I was really inspired by, like I said, my, um, cousin and my friend. And that's when I met Christmas Abbott who came to that facility. She was new to town and just moved to town. Um, my friend, Brandon Garner, who's also a jujitsu instructor there and coach. Um, and so just around a lot of older people that, um, I really liked that. Like, I didn't like to really hang out with anybody my age. I wanted to like be more mature, I guess, and hang out with people that were older than me, met uh, a best friend that, that's still my best friend, Anna John, just so many people from that facility. So through that, I decided, okay, I want to be a coach. Like, what do I need to do to become a coach? And talked to the owner of that facility. And he was basically like, you will never be one. Like, you're not, I didn't look like my friend Heather, who was like super jacked and really athletic, played sports all the time. Um, and he was just like, go watch a thousand YouTube videos and then come back to me. And I was just like, okay. I mean, I was young. I didn't really know what to say. So it was just whatever. So that's around that time was when Christmas and Brandon were going off to open Christmas's facility. Um, and so we were kind of connecting and, and she basically let me like come and intern with her and shadow with her. She was doing outdoor classes at the time. Um, so really she was the reason that all of this kind of happened because she took a chance on me and be like, if someone came to you and they're like, Hey, I've never coached before. Can I just shadow you? And you're like, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of taught them everything they know. Like that's how she was to me. You know, I didn't pay her or anything like that. So that's kind of where everything started, um, with the CrossFit, like my CrossFit interest or whatever. Yeah. And that all happened before you graduated high school. That was kind of like, yeah, I guess like 17, 18, 19, I got on staff when I was 21. So, um, yeah, around that time. That's awesome. So, and so you just went straight from high school right into making this full-time career. Yeah. And I moved for a time I moved a short time. I moved to Wilmington to go to Cape Fear community college. Didn't stay for long, was still coming back doing CrossFit stuff on the weekends. And so, um, then sorry, after that was when I started working for Lululemon. So that's when it really went hand in hand of like, I was really trying to pursue coaching as a goal. And then Lululemon's very goal oriented. So those two, um, were, were a great experience once I came back from, from going to school for a little bit. Cause I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. What do you, uh, back when you made that decision, do you remember what was like your inner circles opinion of it? Like, were they supportive of you? Were they questioning you? Like, what was that whole experience like? Um, well, so I, I kind of had like two separate groups of friends, like my friends that I moved out, um, to Wilmington that were like my high school age friends. And then I had all these friends from the gym that were a lot older. 
So I don't really remember anybody like my high school friends having much opinion. I just was really not into like the same partying and stuff that they were like, I always wanted to go to the gym. I was still really into CrossFit. Um, and they just weren't into that. So it was just like, we weren't aligned on interests. So just me going back every weekend and stuff, I would hang out with my friend Heather, who was like super interested in fitness. So it was just like trying to surround myself with people that had a little bit more um, of the same interests. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And you were able to figure that out from a pretty, like a relatively young age. So that's even more impressive. What about like your, your parents, your family? Did they think you were nuts or they just could tell you were so passionate about this that they were like, hell yeah, go, go chase it. Um, my parents were never like huge advocates of going to college. They were like, if you have a, you know, something that you want to do, go, they were actually more, um, kind of pushing me to go to community college to save money. Mm -hmm. Um, so they were kind of like, if you don't want to have a, an actual, sorry, if you don't want to have an actual job, like that's totally fine. And so they saw like, I was still working like regularly. So mm -hmm. I never had to reach out to them like, Oh, I'm struggling or anything like that. So I think they were just happy that I was working and seeing that I was starting to like kind of get better and better. And I'm, I moved up into more of a management role in Lululemon pretty early on. So I think they were, they kind of knew I was really um, like self-motivated, mm -hmm. I guess. So that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe in their heads, they were worried. They never like said that to me, but well, that's all that matters, right? As long as they yeah. are yeah. vocally supportive, <laughs> it doesn't really matter yeah. what they say behind closed doors. I think that about my parents. Sometimes I'm like, I'll tell my dad something. And I think he just thinks I'm a fucking idiot. And, but he's like, <laughs> all right. If that's yeah. What I you mean, I'm sure do. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, exactly. So then you got into coaching and, when you started that initial journey, like you said, you were interning or shadowing, so to speak. And then obviously you started coaching at some point. Like, what do you remember from the beginning stages of your coaching career? Like as you started shadowing and, and maybe leading some warm ups or some cool downs, whatever yeah. it may have been. Yeah. So, um, I started shadowing those outdoor boot camp classes. That was awesome. Cause it was all body weight. So it was really easy to kind of pick up on and start correcting people and things like that. Once I got more into the gym, um, I do remember Christmas and I going over like how to teach movements, but there wasn't really a time where I like progressed into doing warm ups and then the skill and then the workout kind of like how we would take an intern through at this point if we had a facility, um, because there was a separation of the owners at that facility um, where they were kind of like in desperate need of coaches. So I really just got thrown into the mix and um people always like, I, I really always vibed with people. Like I always got along with everybody and uh, presence and attitude was like more of my skill. I don't remember ever making anybody any better or giving any corrections. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what, what I did. I just facilitated like a fun environment. Um, but yeah, or, or I would give a correction. Someone would be like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, cool, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so hey, that, People that care was, more about that shit than anything else. Yeah. I was just like, you want to hang out with me? Okay, cool. You might get hurt, but, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it that... wasn't until like we started kind of going, I mean, Christmas got on seminar staff. Then she, um, went on to open CrossFit Invoke. We got more of a coaching staff, um, along with Brandon who like both of them did a lot of the coaches development and, and Christmas was pretty like, um, like we just did a lot of drills. Like we're always doing coaches development. We're always doing drills. We're always getting together. So after kind of that period of time where it was like the rough spot where I got 
kind of thrown in. She was going through the process of interning for seminar staff. So I was helping her prepare, work on her demos, things like that. And then that's when I expressed interest to her about doing it. And basically the way that she had us teach, you know, always from the start of like the progressions and things like that, that we were already, all the coaches were already learning in the same way that CrossFit teaches today at the Mm -hmm. uh, level ones. So it wasn't like I had to go from like, oh, I learned this specific way. And then I had to kind of retrain myself. It was already like ingrained in me from the beginning. So that's when she really encouraged me to go out for my level or for the internship Mm -hmm. uh, when I really didn't think I was ready for it yet. But I, yeah, so that, that was, there was a lot of development going on, like in that process of trying to get on staff. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I'm sure that was huge being able to kind of walk through her journey, getting on staff and then be able to basically just take that same process and put the work in to make it apply for yourself. I mean, it's very similar to like when John was teaching me all those same progressions and then went and did my level two. And like you had just said, seeing people who had taught it completely different ways, having to relearn and restructure and basically start from square one again to do it more efficiently and effectively. And so yeah. Uh, I think that's a huge, that mentorship was, a, I know it was a game changer for me. And obviously it was a huge catalyst for you as well. Yeah, for sure. That was a, that I will, I would not be where I, I am today if she had not been such a mentor to me and taking a lot of her own personal time to help me. And do you still stay in touch with her? Not as much. Um, she's got a lot going on too, just having a new baby. Mm-hmm. And just not being in North Carolina, but um, we get together from time to time, like when I'm back in town. Nice. And so she helped you kind of get to that point where you had some confidence, you're able to go intern. Uh, How many interns did did you go through? Two, three? Two. Two. Two, and then you get on staff. And then from what year was that? That was Um, So I got on, yeah, when I was 21. Um or right before I was 21. So it would have been like 2012? So, yeah, so 2009 I was 18, 2010, 18. Yeah, 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in there because we're the same age. Yeah. So, yep. and so you've been on staff since that point. That entire, yep. your entire journey through staff and all the time you spend on staff, like what do you value most about being on staff and being surrounded by these in extremely high caliber world-class coaches. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, maybe just like the general life lessons that I've been fortunate enough to learn from all these folks. Like I do, I have learned so much in terms of like CrossFit and teaching people and all that, but I've actually learned a lot more things about myself, about life, about how to treat people, about, how to respond to situation. I mean, all these different things that I've learned from folks that I admire on seminar staff or that I know that I can reach out to, to ask for advice or that I know that's going to give me feedback. Um, you know, it, if I need to make improvements here and there. So I, I think it's just like that, that whole experience really has shaped me into the person that I am today, just being surrounded by those people. Mm-hmm. And do you have a specific mentor on staff or it just changes? 
Yeah. So I've gone through a couple different mentors at the time or right now. And for the last couple of years, James Hobart mm -hmm. has been my mentor because I was previously in the Northeast. So I, I, it seems like it's going to stay, but sometimes it changes depending on what region you're in. That's exactly what I was thinking was I know they used to do everything off region. So I didn't know if when you moved over to the West Coast, if that changed who you were, I don't want to say underneath, but who your mentor was. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. James, I... I love the way James not only like coaches and speaks, but the way he administers feedback and the conversations that you have and just the way he delivers all of that is something that I connect with really well. So I think it it's cool that you get to spend that time with him and get to gain some of that knowledge and that insight. Yeah. And it was helpful to be able to work with that team. I mean, Austin, Denise and James for such a long time, work at the One Nation gyms, be at Reebok for um, you know, this and that, and then also just learn from them on seminar staff. So there were just so many things that happen in that period of time. Cause I mean, I was up there for, um, you know, like a year or two and then kind of moved around a little bit, then was back in Boston until just this year. So they've seen kind of the different stages of my life, you know, they've been there kind of every step of the way. So, um, definitely those three, a huge part in my development kind of moving forward on staff. Yeah. I remember when you called me, I think I was a grad student at Pitt. I was doing my master's and you called and you're like, Hey, D ball, I'm going to move back to Boston. And I was like, are you fucking nuts? Like, what, why are you going yeah. back? But, it's actually, I was thinking about it too. It's actually really weird how things work because well, I took my level two back in the day um, and met Greg at that Greg Martino um, who was also a big part of my development. There's so many people. Um, but anyways, and I was like, Oh gosh, this guy's so annoying. Like I can't stand this guy. And then turns out he's on seminar stuff. So we kind of reunite there and he's like, Oh, I think I know you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, level two. Then, you know, we were still friends. And then it was really him that kind of got me to move back to Boston. Cause he was just like a friend that I knew there. He was super awesome. Has always been really supportive of me. And then through his, fitness challenge that he had is how I met Kyler. So it's just like how everything, it's just super weird how everything ends up working out. That's right. Everything for a reason, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And so yeah. how did the Phoenix come into play? How did you get involved in that organization? Uh, we talked about it at the top of the episode, but kind of what is it? What do you do? And what does yeah. your current role look like? <clears throat> um, so in Boston, they had opened up a huge facility um, and Mike Brady, who is in Colorado, also on seminar staff, reached out to me and said that they were looking for a head coach because at the time, um, they are a nonprofit organization, but had a for-profit affiliate. So what that meant was anybody that paid, um, membership dues that would go directly into the nonprofit and folks that were coming and paying a membership didn't have to necessarily be sober, but they would be supporting, um, the nonprofit that, that is, is what they support. So with that, I started, um, as the head coach at that facility, which was awesome. Cause I finally, you know, kind of like stepped out of my comfort zone and was able to take more of a leadership role, which helped me develop some confidence around some amazing people that I was working with at that facility. Um, a, a little while later, they decided that they were no longer going to go with that model of the for-profit affiliate. So they dissolved that. Um, and then we just went to the nonprofit, which, is a nonprofit that, like I said, it does free programming for anybody in recovery from substance use disorder. 
Um, but also, you know, we still serve folks that are supporters or folks that maybe have been touched by substance use, but that are maintaining the 48 hours of continuous programming or continuous sobriety in order to come to our programming. Um, so stayed on with them and kind of did a, a few different roles. We were still doing CrossFit. So um, the head coach role didn't change too much there. Um, got to work with a ton of different people, like anywhere from someone, you know, coming into CrossFit on the first day, experiencing homelessness to someone that had previously gone to regionals. I mean, everyone in between people in treatment, all that kind of stuff, which was really an amazing experience to be able to see how CrossFit uh, was able to impact really anybody that came into that facility. And then from there, ended up taking an opportunity out here to help grow the efforts in San Francisco because we're currently in 42 communities, but we're trying to expand like rapidly all over the US. Um, and that was at the same time that Kyler was moving out here too. So it really worked out. But through the um, pandemic, we had to just shift all to virtual. So uh, myself and a couple others really led the charge on that to now my role as virtual program manager. So I'll be stepping outside of the San Francisco development and into continuing to grow our virtual programs long-term. That's awesome. Yeah. And are you excited, excited about that role of doing more of the virtual work and expanding that versus, you know, what you were previously going to be doing? Yeah. It's been really awesome to be able to drive a big project and be able to be more in a management role. And that's what has been great about this organization is that um, there's really no ceiling and they want to continue developing folks and giving opportunities and they let people be innovative and want that creativity. So I'm able to be at an organization where my ideas and voice can be heard. Um, and that was something kind of relatively new to me. And so being able to kind of run with this and now be in this leadership role and have more responsibilities is like, I mean, that that's kind of my personality. Like I, I would like to keep improving, keep growing in the organization and be able to make this huge impact, like in the entire U.S., potentially worldwide at some point. Hell yeah. Now, in retrospect, now that you're kind of where you're at in this managerial role and having some of this ability to, to drive these projects and manage these things. Looking back, do you think it was a blessing in disguise not really achieving that as early as you probably wanted and getting to that kind of position? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the things that I've learned, I can still see some of the things that I'm working on currently uh, come up from time to time in this role, but it's less. So if that had come, you know, a few years ago, and just kind of the immaturity I had and, and the knowledge I had and the development I had, I, I don't think I would have been as successful um, as like what I am today. And of course, still learning and still trying to improve at this point, but definitely world of a difference from a few years ago. Yeah. I, I love looking back at that kind of stuff because I feel like it happens to me every time I take a new job. Every, I mean, literally since I left Boston, every time I took a job, I said, all right, like this time after this job, yeah. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. After this job, I'm going to do this. And every time it never happened. But now looking back, I'm like, okay, it didn't yeah. happen because I didn't have this skill yet. I didn't understand yeah. how to respond to this situation yet. I was too immature to handle that stress or whatever it may be. And even now, you know, we just launched Ballistic in October of last year. 
And I think to myself, holy shit, when I was 23, I thought I was going to open a gym. Like, I would have yeah. just ran that thing into the ground. I would have had no clue what the hell And it's I was like doing. you meet, you, you know, you meet new people and you meet people that teach you lessons and inspire you. Like the couple that I'm um, working with right now on my team is just like constantly like getting new information, learning more from them. And I'm just so grateful to like in all my, you know, jobs, like I've always had people that I look up to and learn things from. So it's just like continuing to develop and learn as I go from each job. And is that what you would attribute like the majority of your, because most people would consider everything you've done up to this point immense success. And is that what you're attributing that success to is being surrounded by people who you can learn from, who can push you to grow, who can provide you the feedback you need to get better and really just that mentorship and that support and that community? Yeah. Yeah. I think that coupled with my ability to take feedback and implement feedback. I mean, even from the start in my internship, I was never one to turn away feedback or get offended by that. And I was able to implement it. So I think even just watching folks and listening to how they talk or um, learning from people and getting advice, like I'm able to at least try to implement feedback. And then of course, like, you know, the mistakes along the way and getting that feedback of like, Hey, didn't do that. Well, uh, came from those individuals as mentors. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest skills to learn, or, I mean, I don't even know if you can learn it or if it's just instilled in you, but to be able to take that constructive criticism or constructive feedback and not be emotionally distraught over it or be, feel like you're yeah. being personally attacked and just take that and use it to become better at whatever your craft is. I mean, even now I know the value of feedback but when I'm getting it, I'm like, God damn it. I wish I would have, I wish I would have done better. Yeah, I mean, I I, that's I the same known. way. Yeah. I mean, same, same. It's like, I'm able to implement it, but it definitely doesn't, I'm not listening to it saying like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I <laughs> effed up. Like, uh, it's definitely hard to hear, but just continuing to go. And it, I mean, it's been like every job that I've been at has been a super feedback driven organization. Actually, the one that's probably the least feedback driven is the one I'm in right now. It's just CrossFit HQ is brutal. Reebok's brutal, One Nation's brutal. So there's no one that's like, you know, above feedback in any of those uh, environments. So that was like, I kind of learned that early on. Yeah. I think that's huge though, because if you, it's like the cliche saying of, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Like, I'm sure, I don't know if you've been there or not, but I've been in some of these positions where I'm going to run a gym or managing a gym and I'm thinking like, holy shit. I'm never going to get any better here. And let, yeah. you can only do so much on your own. Like I can only do so much research, practice so much and invest myself so much. But if there's someone there forcing you to be better or that you can aspire to, that's going to move you leaps and bounds further than anything you could do on your own, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. So now what I want to kind of touch on is, I think it's really interesting and really impressive that you did everything that you've done up to this point without, not that you need a formal education, but without having that formal education with starting something so young and progressing and putting in the work and the time and the effort and overcoming all that adversity. Do you think being a female in this industry, in the strength and conditioning or CrossFit, whatever title you want to put on it, do yeah. you think there are more obstacles or barriers associated with that? as you're moving through the, the progression and the journey? Yeah. I mean, I, I did end up going back to school because I was a little nervous 
about what my future would look like if I wanted to do anything other than just coaching. Um, I didn't have anything in mind that I wanted to do other than coaching and, and helping people through CrossFit. Um, so I do think I didn't really experience any challenges. I think I would have, but the organization that I'm with now with being able to move into a managerial role, there's like absolutely no challenges because the whole environment, the whole nonprofit is all about like safe and supportive environment. So it's a very like equally, um, run organization. There's no like male, female, this or that. And so I think I'm kind of in a unique position to be able to take on a role that it's just not looked at in that way in this organization. So I think if I had gone a different route and got a job elsewhere, maybe that would have been a little bit more challenging. But um, I mean, even when I was doing some strength and conditioning at the high school that I was working at um, a couple years ago, I didn't experience, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's, it was like tough learning how to become a coach and dealing with different people and males and females and how they respond in the gym and coaching them that way. I don't think I've ever experienced like difficulty from trying to like move up in an organization yeah. being a female. So it's like, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. It's basically more of the challenge of learning how to read people respond yeah, appropriately yeah. and make those connections. And it's, that's not even necessarily because you're a female. It's just you probably personality. Right. And yeah, it's funny because I'll talk to different women I meet throughout all the different places I've been, right? Whether it was collegiate strength and conditioning or CrossFit or private sector. And I feel like everyone that I meet, they all have a very similar viewpoint of what you just described. And maybe it's because they are so driven, so talented, uh, so determined, and you guys don't see anything as an obstacle or if you do you're like hell yeah I'm gonna break through that and continue mm -hmm. to get better and move on and I think that's really awesome and really inspiring because in a lot of these sectors in fitness at one point and in some areas still it's a lot of males in the industry there's a lot of male coaches a lot of male trainers and but now I feel like you're starting to see more and more women who are coming up through the ranks and killing it uh, yep. and doing incredible things so I think that's really cool. Yeah. And definitely like my, you know, I had like, I would say like a huge, just like confidence issue in myself and dealing with not even just male specific, but maybe more advanced athletes or people that were a little bit more difficult to coach. So that was, I mean, I remember going through a process of like, okay, how am I, you know, this person just like totally argued with what the correction I was trying to make, how am I going to get through to, you know, I can, really easily connect with the new person or like the grandmother, but, um, how am I going to be able to connect with somebody that's more advanced than me or whatever it may be? So that was definitely a, an obstacle that had to overcome. Yeah, for sure. And I think every new coach goes through that in some way or another, unless you're just, I mean, at that point you'd have to almost be arrogant not to feel that yeah. way. If, if you're trying to coach someone that is clearly experienced and knows what they're doing and, uh, yeah. even though you know what you're doing as well, but, um, you know, with, with all that said, if we were looking at someone who was interested in coaching, like let's say we're, someone's out there listening, they're brand new to the arena. They want to get into coaching. What would kind of be the step-by-step -step process? And maybe we can go through this together and kind of build it and we'll keep it relatively brief. Maybe it's five steps of 
what they need to do to put themselves in a position to be successful? Yeah. Um, so what would you say step one would be? I mean, I would say step one is just finding somebody that inspires you that you can learn from that's willing to help you. So that was like, you know, the, the, the guy that was unwilling to help me was like, go watch a bunch of videos, right? Like the education wasn't necessarily going to help me if I just did it on my own. It was the fact that I reached out to Christmas. She was willing to help me. She inspired me. I wanted to be like her and then, um, kind of like developed from there. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I was going to say. The, I tell people this all the time, but literally if I didn't have that mentorship in the beginning, just like you said, yeah, I would never have the confidence to do what I'm doing now and pursue these different ventures and that. And like you said, you're never going to be able to take that knowledge and accumulate that knowledge and experience just from researching those people mm -hmm. that are mentoring you have been through more than you'll accomplish in the first 10 years of your career. And they're going to be able to provide yep. so many more valuable lessons. So I love that one. What do you think uh, yeah. number two would be? Um, I would say, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I work for the organization, but I just think the CrossFit level one course is just like by far the best course out there. And it's not because it's tied to CrossFit. It's because of what it does for folks coming in, learning how to have a community, learning how to connect with the community, obviously learning about movement um, and seeing that it can be accessible for all, but it's just such a great fun course that really demonstrates what good looks like. I, I feel like in the group fitness industry. Yeah, absolutely. I still tell people that. And I mean, I have certifications from all yeah. over the place and that's still my level one still resonates the most. It was still yeah. the most valuable. Same. Uh, maybe, I mean, the level two was pretty close back when it was the prep course, but yeah. Uh, yeah, those were incredible certifications. That's, I would say number two, I would agree with you there, or even just say, start interning or shadowing for free yeah. and get, yep. get yeah. that level one set up. Yeah. And that's what I think, you know, I don't hear that as much anymore of people just wanting to intern for free. I guess that's kind of not much of a thing anymore. I mean, I remember watching so many classes and being at the gym for free just wanting to learn. And they were like, can you like not be here so long? It's kind of like freaking people out. Like they were like, you need to go home. And I was like, I just want to learn more. So I, I definitely think people always see or can always see like, oh, well, I just need to get paid for that. It's like, you can learn so much from just shadowing people and essentially working for free until you're able to kind of move into that next step. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's kind of sad in a way, but also I think it's just like indicative of if you're not willing to go and do these things for free. And I mean, I, to be a hundred percent transparent, I got paid during my internship, so I'm the exception, but I would have done it for free. I would have yeah. sat at the gym for 12 hours a day. Because it's a value that you get too. Like you're, you're, you're not just, you don't, not get anything in return. You get all this knowledge and the value of doing that in return. It's just not cash. Exactly. And, but a, the point I'm getting at is that just is reveals the passion that you have for whatever it is yeah. that you're pursuing. Yeah. So with yeah. coaching, I mean, especially with coaching, you know, it's difficult to make a 
good living if you're not willing to put in all that time and all that effort and, mm-hmm. and really earn whatever position you end up in. But you've got to really want it because if you're going to become a great coach, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to find a position that's going to take you with no experience or you'd be very lucky if you did. And I remember when I was an intern, I wasn't even allowed to talk to people for like the first five weeks. Like if a class was going on, it was like, shut up, stay over in the corner and take notes. And I did that for, I think it was five weeks straight and I didn't care at all. I was trying to take, just like you said, I was trying to take in every single thing I could. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's still super valuable, even though people don't want to do it. Yep. Yeah. So step one. What do we say? Step one, step one, find someone that inspires you. Yes. And then intern and then, or shadow and then level one. Got it. So then if we had to add another step, what do you think? That's what I was going to ask you. What do you think? Um, I mean, at that point you would still be coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I would say, I I guess I would say like, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to, I think where you were going, I would say just be willing to get in the reps, like just yep. coach more and, and more and more. Yeah. And get as much feedback as possible. Yeah. Like always having someone watch your class. I mean, I remember when Greg would like come in without me asking for him to come in and watch my class. And I was like, I, I actually like didn't ask you to watch my class. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to watch it anyways and give you feedback. It was actually <laughs> always really good feedback that or helpful feedback that he gave me. But, uh, I, I definitely would have asked for that. Um, if I had kind of thought through, all right, that would be really valuable. They just inevitably did it like Greg Austin, all of them, um, did it anyways without me asking. Yeah. I think you're really fortunate when you find that because I was lucky enough to have very similar experiences but even when maybe Austin or Denise was busy when we were at Reebok, I didn't give a shit. Like I'd go up to them after the class, even if they only heard me say like 10 words and I'd be like, Hey, what feedback can you give me? And they were looking at me like, get the hell away from me. Like I've got other (laughs) shit going on, but they would still give it to me and it would still be useful. And so I think even if someone's not willing and to offer it, you can still ask for it and they're probably going to give it to you. All right. Well, that was four. Can we think of a fifth is the question. Um, I guess at that point, it would be a good idea to look into some more education because obviously you're going to learn more at a level two or at a different course or something like that. Um, but I think just to kind of sum it up is like never, never get to the point where you think that you've actually made it. So like even still to this day, you know, I'm making lesson plans like I have one right in front of me that I'm never like, okay, I'm t- too good to make a lesson plan or I'm too good to practice. It's like, continuing to grow whatever that looks like whatever course you want to take but also just with your personal development continue to ask for that feedback and develop in addition to those courses um which i think like those courses can help but i don't think it has to be like you have to go to your level two you have to go to your level three to be successful those actually help you uh learn and be able to study but it's the constant like i want to continue to try to get better is what's going to lead you to taking those courses yeah for sure i mean and there's no way in hell you're going to pass the level three unless you have a shit ton of reps under your belt and unless you know that material like the back of your hand i remember when i guess maybe like develop somebody else yeah hell yeah i think that's probably if that's a step at all that's one of the hardest things i mean i've called multiple times i remember i've been in the car and i've called john and i've been like dude how did you do it 
Like yeah. I am dealing with this person and it's impossible. Like <laughs> how did you even deal with me not knowing like not even knowing what some of the benchmarks were, like not knowing how to squat or what whatever stupid things I've said to him. And yep. he's like, I don't know. It just, it just happens. <laughs> and I said, well, it's not yeah. going to happen with this person. I'm moving on and finding somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think there's something to be said about that though, right? Like we're, I think, cut from the same cloth. I think a lot of people who are successful or however you want to deem successful in the fitness industry, whoever's still in it, still pursuing, still trying to get better. I think we all have similar mindsets and I think you can recognize it really quickly when you meet somebody and just know immediately, okay, does this person have the drive, the passion, yep. the determination to put in the time and effort it's going to take to even get to where they're talking about going? Yep. Yeah. And it's, it really carries over into all areas of life, like not just coaching. I mean, like I said, the two um, folks that are on my team for this, this virtual training team, um, are just the exact same way. I mean, they're super driven. They're working all the time. They're doing whatever it takes. They're always trying to learn. They're trying to get feedback. Um, and it just inspires me even more to work with them. And they are actually, I guess it does go hand in hand because they're both instructors. One is the yoga instructor, one's the fitness instructor. So maybe that's just kind of a thing that a lot of us have, but it's cool to see that play out just in the workplace, not even only in, in fitness and coaching. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I think it transcends well beyond the the gym or or wherever you're working if you're doing something virtual. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's huge. And that was going to be the exact thing I was going to say for number five as well was continuing it and making sure you're continuing to get better. I don't remember who it was. Austin Denise, one of those guys out there, said some variation of you know like when the when you think you've learned it all, that's the day you should quit or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. And it couldn't be more true. I mean that's one of the reasons I took my new position and left the CrossFit world is I needed to go do something that was different. And that was going to challenge me in different ways and teach yeah. me things that I wasn't going to be able to learn at my previous position. And sometimes I think you've got to be willing to take that drastic of a turn and just pursue something that's a, a 180 from For where sure. you were. Cause that being out of your comfort zone is what's going to lead to getting better. Even if you eventually loop back around to to that same field. Yeah. And it just like kind of re-inspires, re-motivates. I mean, even just, you know, I, I obviously don't work for Peloton, but just like kind of diving in and doing some research and development there with those classes. I'm like, wow, this is so awesome. I have so many more ideas. I'm learning so much. So it kind of reinvigorates you as yeah, well. I couldn't agree more. I, we were talking about it at the top of the episode or before we went live, but seeing the, the inner workings of Orange Theory and you looking at Peloton and I think too often you get into this this like tunnel vision of like okay I'm in the I'm in the CrossFit field or I'm in the strength and conditioning field or I do Orange Theory and you kind of label yourself by the training methodology when there's things that you can pick out of all of them that'll make whatever domain you're in that much better. You know there yeah, are absolutely. so many things in an Orange Theory class and a Peloton class that you could take over to your crossfit class that would make the experience 10 times better for the members you're just being too proud to say you went to orange theory or you took yeah. a peloton class yep definitely awesome well i think that's a good five-step plan then find someone that inspires you start shadowing or interning get your level one or some other certification level one being probably one of the best if not the best 
uh, get your reps in, get your feedback, and then continuing it. Love it. Love it. Hell Crushed yeah. it. We're developing coaches now. Let's do it. Let's just write a book while we're at it. <laughs> there we go. We can, it can, uh, we'll just take that, some of the stuff in the L2 book, and we'll just basically paraphrase into our own. We'll make a little ebook, sell <laughs> yeah. it for $79. It'll be good to go. $79? Right. I don't know. I just I'm made just up kidding. a number. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know, 125 We'll bump it up. All okay. Right. Okay. Got it. Anyway, if, now that we've went through that process, is there anything that you would go back and tell your 17, 18-year-old self before your whole journey started? You know, what would that be if you could tell yourself anything? Uh, maybe just to believe in myself a little bit more. It was always kind of, you know, Christmas that was like, no, no, you're ready to go intern for staff. And uh, getting the invite to be on staff, that was like, those things were building my confidence up, but I didn't initially have that confidence. So just kind of believing in myself and knowing that like, okay, you are worthy of this position um, and not having those doubts along the way. That's a good one. I like that. I always think about that myself. I think I would have told myself, this doesn't even have to do with coaching. I would, I'm, I'm sure I would have something, but I wish I could go back and tell the 20, I think it was 21 when I started CrossFit, the 21 year old me, like stop going so hard and doing so many stupid things. <laughs> like mm. don't break your body. That's a good one. But I mean, coaching I, I was wise, never, I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still paying for it. Although, <laughs> I went to a class, CrossFit class at the gym we go to here and there's this 23-year-old kid. He might be 24, but every time I'm in there and we do something, I'm like, I need to beat this guy. Like, I need to show him what's up. Like, us 30-year-olds can still do it. And <laughs> so we did uh, basically building to a one rep max clean the other day. You beat him in a workout? I haven't cleaned heavy weight in at least, I would say it, since 2016, maybe 17. Wow. And I started going at it with him head to head. And we ended up on our final bars, 285 and 275. I nice. Haven't, I haven't cleaned 285 since the oh, maybe in the open of 2014 or 15. <laughs> wow. It's cool to see that you still got it, D. It was bad news. I mean, my body hurt for days. Like my knees are my like it took me six months to recover from that one, but oh, it was like three days ago. I'm still hurting. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't worth That's it. Awesome. Wasn't worth it. But so I think that just is a funny one. And then yeah. I think it would probably be pretty similar to what you had said. Like know that like it's a journey. Know that there's going to be roadblocks and detours along the way, and really just to stick with. I think I would tell myself to stick in the places that I wasn't the smartest. Cause I think I left that too mm -hmm. early. Like I think I was surrounded by so many good people at Reebok, like including yourself and John, obviously yeah. and Austin and Denise and everybody. And then I think I left that too early. Whereas if I would have stayed there, I think I could have learned so much more and got myself to a better point to then maybe chase something else. I wouldn't change yeah, it, and I but think it's good advice. I think like not early on, but down the road, it actually would have been more beneficial for me to leave. Like you're saying kind of the opposite of like, I was just always, and I still do it always kind of relying on like, okay, what should I do next? And kind of 
looking to those leaders to tell me what to do versus being a leader myself. So this job has really helped me kind of step into that a little bit more. Um, but I probably could afford to leave that a little bit earlier to challenge myself yeah, a little bit more. That's interesting. I think you can, cause I can go back and forth now and say the same thing. I could say like me yeah. leaving was amazing because it allowed me to find my voice as a coach instead of trying yep. to replicate you know, instead of trying to be exactly like Joe or exactly like John or Austin or at MDV, it wasn't until like probably until St. Thomas that I was like, okay, this is who I am. Like, this is my yeah. voice. This is my style. Cause it's really hard. I think to figure that out when you see people who are really good at their craft and you're like, okay, well I just, I have to do it just like them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, do you ever, this is a good question. Do you ever have this conversation with yourself? Because I know that I do. I know some other people I've spoken with do. And I don't know if it just creeps in when there's like a little self doubt or creeps in when we're having a bad day. But do you ever sit there and think to yourself, maybe I should pursue something else? Like maybe I should have gone and pursued a different career? Um, I definitely thought that when I was going back to school, I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, so that was before I got this job where I was like, is, you know, I was kind of questioning, like, what do I want to do 10 years from now? I still love coaching, but is that a long-term thing? Uh, but I think getting into, I haven't had that thought as of late, just getting into this current role because there's so much opportunity for growth and development. Like I'm super grateful for this opportunity, but I think I probably would be there if I was still coaching at a facility and that was my kind of full-time gig. I, I, I definitely was like wanting to do more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, it comes into, cause like what you just said is a perfect like example of when you find the right role and you're surrounded by the right people on the right team. Like you have that, that confidence and that, you know, willing or I don't, enthusiasm, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think it's just on days where maybe I'm having a rough day. Maybe we lost a client. Maybe we, uh, didn't complete a project on time or our website got pushed back, whatever. And I'll sit there and think like, shit, I could just be, I could be in sales for an insurance company and just yeah. be making bank. I'd probably hate my life, but man, it'd be nice to make $90,000, a year. <laughs> you know what? I actually want, we were just talking cause we have a, we, uh, the house that we just signed on, like we have a realtor and we're like, what do they actually do? Like, we should just go be realtors because you apparently make a ton of money and you don't do anything. So, meanwhile, the realtors are listening and they're like, "Oh, fuck yeah. that girl." <laughs> yeah, I know nothing, but yeah, I was just like, "Ah, we should go do that." If we like, we literally will unfollow people because we'll look at their life, even like family and friends, and I'll be like. I can't look at that anymore. Like, I don't want to see the shit they're posting. Like, it's making me, it's making me fall into the comparison trap. Like, I don't want to do what they're doing, but they're making way more money. So I want to do what they're doing. So I like, yeah. And you just drive yourself insane. So I just unfollow them. <laughs> yeah. Easiest you way. go down the Instagram rabbit hole. Yeah. Out of sight, you're out of like mind, right? If 80 you're... Pa no, you're on like the 80th page that like you started on this one page and then now you're you're like, how did I get to this page? Like, That's what like am the, I doing? It's like the YouTube hole where like you start watching coaching videos and then before you know it, you're watching a video of cats playing the piano. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But yeah, I think, I mean, I, I just want to continue to be able to grow in my role. So those thoughts come up, like if that's 
not the case or if that doesn't seem to be the case uh, where it's like, I just want to continue You're the same way. I mean, just continue to grow, continue to learn, continue to get better type thing. So, yeah. 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 I think it's natural every now and then. All right. Well, looking forward for you, like what's next for Megan Burns? Like aside from your, in this newly engaged life and trying to figure that out, like, and you said there's a lot of growth or room for growth with Phoenix. So anything up and coming that you can share? Um, yeah. So, I mean, this, like I said, this role that I'm in now is a, um, pretty new role, but I would like for this to be, um, just like massive. I mean, we're, we're only serving, you know, a couple hundred people a day, but I want to be able to grow Phoenix to we're serving thousands and thousands of people a day. So that's kind of like where we are wanting to go with this, this virtual platform that we have. Um, so that it just kind of in the, like the, uh, trenches right now, just like really trying, it's just a lot of long days, a lot of long hours that will pay off a lot of long hours, a lot of long days. That doesn't really make any sense, but, um, and then I'm hoping to, I mean, once everything gets back to normal, like get back into coaching at an actual facility. So I'm still doing virtual coaching. Um, but was, now that I'm close to HQ, potentially coaching some of those classes for the underserved pop um, and seeing what this new scholarship program for CrossFit yeah. might be since that goes really hand in hand with my work that I'm doing with the Phoenix, it would be cool to get involved with that. So still doing seminars, continue to grow with the Phoenix, getting back to coaching um, and hopefully like having some time to do stuff outside of where I feel like I just like all I do is kind of work right now. So I would like to yeah improve upon some yeah get some balance yeah ashley and i talk about that we're like everyone on her calls because she's very similar to you she does all these virtual calls and they every day at 2 30 they do something called the breakfast club where they get together and they just bullshit and they talk and they'll play games and trivia and all this stuff or just talk and just to build some camaraderie in the team and uh, the one day they shared everything they've learned or a hobby they picked up during quarantine. And so everybody's rattling off all this shit, right? Like I learned a new language. I learned how to play the guitar. And she's like nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And literally she goes, Derek, I had nothing to share because all we do is work on ballistic. Like like all we do is work. I'm like, well, ours is way better than all of theirs. Like we're building a business. They're fucking learning how to play the piano. (laughs) But I think all that stuff's awesome that you mentioned with, uh, with seminars now with CrossFit, how are they? They're a lot different, oh, yeah. a lot smaller. What's that experience been like? Yeah, so I've done um, three lately. So they've been under, uh, two of them were under 10 people. The one I recently did was 12 people. Um, and it's just the socially distance. You have the masks on. And so it's it's like strange, but it's actually really great to be back, even though we have those restrictions. Yeah. But it's not it, it's not as as crazy as I guess I I would have thought it would be. In fact, I, I think the participants could maybe be a little bit more um, like conservative. At least the ones I've done, they're like, "Oh, we don't care, like no worries." Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, maybe have like a little bit of worries." <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was just good to be back. So I have a couple more lined up, which is nice. But probably trying to do you know maybe two a month to mm-hmm. just continue to have balance between this job and that job. Cause I still really love doing them, but it's a lot to do from the trainer's um, perspective, you know, three or four a month. 
from the trainer's perspective, do you like the smaller group, the intimacy of it? Um, I, uh, I like both. I mean, I really love teaching huge classes. Like some people do not like that. I mm -hmm. love when I used to coach across at Boston and it was just like massive classes. I kind of love the chaos. Uh, but it does help on a smaller scale to get to know people a little bit right. better. So I guess I don't really prefer one or the other. We recently did a couple level twos with four or five people. And initially I thought that was going to be a little strange, but we ended up just getting so many drills in that it was actually almost way more beneficial for them yeah. to be in that small group than only getting like, you know, 10 minutes of drills for each person when you have 20 people on a level two. So that right. was kind of cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. They probably got to do every movement like seven they, times. They were so tired. <laughs> they were like, okay, we cannot do any more drills. We were like, yeah. we have another one for you. Yeah, you like so. get out the med balls for the clean and they're like, no, please, just let us go home. Yeah. yeah. Just let us go. That's awesome. Um, and yeah. So all that stuff's on the horizon. All that's exciting. What's the... And then moving into a house. Oh, yeah, that's right. First time homeowner. Hell Yeah. Now, is that just terrifying or are you excited? I'm excited. It's it's not like a huge house or anything like that. So it's like a good starter yeah. for us. And um, I just remember like when, when we were at Reebok and Austin and Marin had that little townhouse that they started in. I don't know if you ever went over there, but that that's yeah. what it reminds me of. Like, okay, starting here and then, you know, growing from mm. there. So, yeah. Yeah, I went there one time. It was he had like a barbecue. I think one of you guys were in town interviewing. And so we all went there and had dinner and then never went back. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> one and done. Uh, but that's, it's funny. Our friends here that live right down the street, they live like, we're basically in like these townhome condos kind of thing. And yep. uh, they just bought a house, but it's the exact opposite approach you're taking. They bought like their forever home and oh really they showed us that the would scare me yeah i'm scared just looking at it i was like dude that's like a house house like you're never yeah. gonna sell that house like you're gonna die yeah. in that house <laughs> <laughs> yeah that so this feels more of like okay it's like a five-year you know thing but it, i was definitely getting nervous when kyla was starting to look at some homes that you know, we probably would have stayed in long-term and there's just no new construction out here. It's just so different out here that I was like, ah, oh, can we just get something a little bit more starter <laughs> and smaller before we do that? So probably a good bet. Yeah. Well, what's one thing, cause we've talked so much about your career and everything you've accomplished. What's one thing that you haven't yet accomplished that you want to make a priority moving forward, even if it's just like continue more continuing ed or something like that. Mm. Um, well, from a fitness perspective, I maybe for some people this sounds like not a big deal, but I would love to run a half marathon, um, which I think I could do, but uh, just never like trained to do you it or taken the time to do it or do a triathlon, something like that. And like the endurance community would mm -hmm. be cool to kind of branch out. And then um, I don't know, I guess it's more of like a goal. Like I would like to be like a not like a CEO, but just like some sort, like, I feel like I've kind of been in these more of like managerial positions. Like I want to, yeah, I just want to shoot higher. I don't know what, what that would look like, but that's like a fitness, I mean, a, a career goal. So yeah. yeah. I like that. Burn shooting for the C-suite executive level office. CEO. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, my new last name will be Bakhtiari. That's what I'll be. At least it's the same initial. In the future. Yeah. Right. That's what everybody keeps telling Ashley. Well, your initials are the same. 
I'm like, I know I it's kind of weird. Cause I'll see stuff that people get me like with the new initial and I'm like, that's uh, the same. Initial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll make it easy though. That'll be nicer. Uh, and you can start buying like shit now, like fancy letters to put on, on your fireplace mantle and stuff. Right. You're exactly. good. Yeah. Uh, with, with that kind of associated with that, is there anything that you're currently reading, listening to, or maybe even watching that's been a game changer that's giving you some more insight or helped you learn? I know you talked about taking some Peloton classes and getting some of that information. Yeah. Um, no books. That's something that I would really like to get back to doing. Um, and, and set aside time for that. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I guess I don't have like one specific podcast I'm listening to. Um, Should be ballistic hurdle performance podcasts, radio. ballistic performance radio, <laughs> working against gravity, how this is built. Like I like all the podcasts hurdle podcasts actually is a lot of talking about um, interviewing people that are successful and how they got to that point. Mm. So listen, I don't know if you've ever heard of that podcast no. before, but it kind of talks about, they all have like some sort of hurdle that they had to overcome. Um, and there are a range of people she's into fitness. So a lot of it is, is fitness related too, but, um, you know, the founder of Peloton or something like that and yeah. how they got to that point. So I like listening to those, but that's a, that's a tough one of mine. Sweet. Yeah. I've never listened to that podcast. I'll have to check that out. It's a good one. And so you, and then you kind of answer my next question reading is something that you want to get into, but you're not currently doing. Yeah. At the beginning of quarantine, I started reading a little bit more. It's kind of this ebb and flow of like, I have so many um, personal development books that I want to read. And I'm always so envious of people that are like, Oh, I read this book and that book. And I'm like, geez, when? <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm like, I think I went down that um, self-development book road, like a little bit too much. And then I didn't really like reading anymore. So at the beginning of quarantine, I started reading a little bit more fiction and mystery and suspense and stuff like that, which was super easy for me to read. So I was like, okay, I have the confidence that I actually do like reading. Um, but just picked up another book, you know, about a month ago or whatever, and I'm still like on the same book. So just like trying to get back into that and really ultimately like give myself some time to do that and not constantly being working or on my phone or stuff like that is a, a huge area of improvement yeah. for me with the home homework. So for sure. I'm kind of in the exact same boat. Ashley and I, I don't know if I told you this, but I started reading Harry Potter. Like I just wanted to read the series start to finish. I was thinking about doing that too. Yeah. Cause I wanted to do exactly what you said. I wanted to read fiction at the end of the day to kind of unwind, unplug and like set myself up for a better night's sleep. And yep. so I started doing this when we lived in Florida and Ashley was like, Hey, I want to read those with you. Like, let's do it together. And so she, yeah. and cause I was doing it sporadically, like one night read two nights, three nights, a week would go yeah. by, then I'd read again. So she catches up. So then we're on book two at the same time. And then it completely got ruined because she's so fucking competitive and I'm so competitive that it then became a race. <laughs> And so we literally <laughs> raced through every book and we just finished the seventh one like a month ago. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It was, it no That's longer was awesome. relaxing. It no longer set me up for success. It was like, I'm going to stay up later and read more than you so I can say that I won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know there were a couple that I was reading that I was like, you just can't put them down too because they're so good. 
And then you end up, it's like the opposite effect. It's just like, you're staying up super late cause you're trying to finish it. And you're like, well, there was that. So yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. And then like personal help or like self-help books. I just listen to those cause I cannot read them. So I know I, that's what I got to do. Instead. Audible all the way. Yeah. And you can pay for Audible every other month. It's like a game changer. So I forget that I'm even paying. It's like $7 every other month. And then I get on there and yep. I have 10 free books. So I just start downloading shit. It's the best. I love it. I have Audible too. Oh yeah. Game changing. All right. Well, I think that covered everything that I wanted to talk about. I think that was good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to talk to you and reminisce a little bit. Yeah, I know. If this is the only way we get to catch up like verbally instead of just a text message every other month, I'm going to have to have on the podcast more. Well, the wedding's postponed. You're like, it's not till next year. We yeah. can catch up before that. <laughs> exactly. Like you're saying the wedding, that's a, a year from now. Maybe, yeah. well, if you guys don't decide to elope or do something crazy, maybe I'll see you at your wedding if I get an invite. Oh, we're going to elope. You are for sure? Yeah, we're, we're just going to do like a post-elopement celebration party. Well, Gotta okay. save money, D-Ball. Uh, trust me, I know. Cash. After looking yeah. at everything <laughs> that we we spent, yeah. I mean, thank God my parents are helping us or else we'd be broke. Yeah. Yeah, my parents are helping a little bit too, but Kyler's like, uh, what do we need to pay for? Why even for like some stuff we've been looking yeah. into for this like party? I yeah. mean, to make that happen. So it's so funny. It's crazy. Ashley and I, we started out planning and we said, okay, we're going to we're not going to spend more than $10,000. Oh, like, absolutely not. And we were like, we're going to, because it's going to be super chill, super relaxed. I mean, no, we literally called the fucking videographer and the DJ and we were already almost at our budget. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah, like, exactly. are you kidding? <laughs> oh, it's craziness. But all right. It's been awesome having you on. Uh, I appreciate it so much. If people want to find out more about you, the Phoenix CrossFit, where should they go? Where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, M-E-A-G-B-U-R-N-S-224, MegBurns224. Um, and then you can always email me at mburns at thephoenix.org. Love it. All right, Meg, so awesome having you on. We'll get you on here again so we can catch up before we get married. And uh, Love it. <laughs> before each of us get married, it sounded like we were getting married there. Before each of us get married. <laughs> All right, Meg, we'll see you next time. Thanks, D. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you're here with us each and every week, we appreciate you and we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our content, to consume our content on all our other platforms, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, etc. We could not do this without all of you tuning in and without all of your support. So again, we are so thankful and appreciative to have you here. If you enjoy what you hear on this podcast, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Leave a comment in there as well. That is how we gain more recognition on the platform. That is how we reach more people and change more lives. As always, we appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you next week.